Welcome to the Colon Cancer Podcast, stories of struggle, hope, and survival in the face of colorectal cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein. episode 26 of the colon cancer podcast this is the first episode of the podcast uh, since the uh, phoenix uh, live your best life 2015 annual colon cancer alliance conference and it was such a pleasure to be able to uh, not just participate in the conference but uh, be able to podcast from there. I got the chance to meet some incredible people. I am going to name some names, but uh, not everybody, because I know I'll leave somebody out, and I don't want to do that. But the conference was fantastic. It was uh, just my hats off to Kevin and Ann Bergerson, who uh, were the driving force behind the conference and the whole team from the whole uh, Phoenix uh, chapter that just you guys did an amazing job putting that conference together. And it really was top notch. So congratulations to you guys. I want to thank the whole team from the Colon Cancer Alliance that uh, allowed me to uh, not just be there, but uh, represent the conference and allow us to share what was going on at the conference via the podcast. And I had the chance to speak to a number of the presenters and attendees. And I just want to give a shout out to uh, Colleen Schwab, Nicole Sheehan, Jenny, Gabby, Antoinette, and the whole team. You guys were just awesome. And I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity to uh, share what was happening with those that couldn't attend. I also want to acknowledge it was, you know, where, what did we do before the internet? Um, I was just so fortunate to be able to finally meet face to face uh, several uh, fantastic women that I've interviewed for the podcast, but have not met in person. And it was just really rewarding and, and really special to get to meet these people in, in person. Uh, they're even more, more awesome in person than they, than they come across on the podcast, which I didn't think was possible. But it was so great, great to meet uh, Anita Eisler and Candace Henley, Grace De La Rosa and Jean De La Carlo Wagner, all who have had their episodes of the Colon Cancer Podcast and that I had the actual pleasure of meeting in person at the conference. And I did save the best for last. You know, when I was first diagnosed almost five years ago, I didn't know where to turn. And somehow I stumbled upon the Colon Cancer Alliance website and more specifically the online chat. And that's where I met Jeannie Moore. And Jeannie is one of the founders, one of the original founders of the Colon Cancer Alliance. And we've been chatting through the chat group, emailing an occasional phone call here and there. But after almost five years, uh, this was the first time we met and Jeannie, um, uh, my admiration and respect for you uh, knows no bounds. Uh, getting to meet you and spend time with you was truly one of the highlights of the conference. I love you and thank you just for all that you do for so many people. Uh, turning now to the last events of the year, the last Undie 
walk run run walk is going to be indeed in phoenix this saturday november the 21st at 9 a.m and that will be the last undie for the year for 2015 and then when we turn the calendar over to 2016 the very first undie is right here in my hometown of tampa florida and that will take place on saturday february the 6th 2016 at al lopez park information on the undie race walks walk runs however you want to call it and all other events uh, affiliated with the colon cancer alliance can be found on their website at ccalliance.org the guest this week um, was introduced to me by a friend uh, through Facebook. Cherie Garcia was diagnosed early this year with stage four rectal cancer. And she has quite a battle on her hands. And it was amazing to get the chance to talk to her. And I just had so much admiration and have so much admiration for her positive attitude, uh, her spirit. Uh, I know it's her little girl that keeps her going and her family and her husband. Um, But to just be able to come across with that much of a positive outlook on life and um, despite all the challenges that that she has faced this past year, and she'll talk more about that uh, uh, in the interview, and uh, personally faces uh, ongoing, um, is, is, is pretty special. And she's a pretty, very special woman. So join me now for my conversation with Cherie Garcia. Hi, Cherie. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing good. Glad good to, to hear. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad uh, to have you here. And I thought it was really cool that um, your friend Karen uh, introduced us. She got a hold of me on Facebook and said, you've got to talk to Cherie. She's amazing. So uh, I'm thrilled that I get the chance to talk to you and, and hear your story. And I do appreciate it. Thank you. So I was reading your story and, and my goodness, you've had, uh, you've had a heck of a year, haven't you? Yes, I have. It's been quite the year. That's for sure. So, uh, kind of take our listeners through all the challenges that, uh, that you've been facing since last spring. Well, um, in May of 2014, my mother-in-law was uh, re-diagnosed uh, her with breast cancer. So she uh, she was a survivor, and it came back 10 years um, later in May. And um, upon finding that information out, um, I tried to do my best in taking care of her and um, being a part of um, her uh, wellness and just... Um, you know, trying to cook for her and the family and eliminate, eliminate as much stress as I possibly could while also, um, you know, maintaining my career, my job. Um, typically at that time it was pretty, it was pretty, pretty busy. I work in the wireless industry. So I was working probably about 60 hours a week and then trying to balance, you know, um, doctor's appointments with her and keeping, um, you know, family updated on her status And then also having uh, my daughter, who was four at the time, you know, picking her up from school and just kind of juggling all that. Um, And uh, so anyhow, that was kind of the norm from May till uh, 
about May, June. Um, and then my husband and I, we weren't married then, but we decided that we <laughs> would like to fulfill um, my mother-in-law's um, bucket list and getting married. So <laughs> we decided to plan a wedding in six weeks. And I have no idea how I did that, but it worked. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was incredible. It was, um, we had a hundred people. Um, um, attend. It was in Temecula, California, and it was beautiful and it worked out and she was there and she was actually able to uh, dance with her son and, you know, see us get married, which was just an amazing thing. So I'm glad that I was able to somehow <laughs> miraculously get that done. Um, obviously with the support of friends and family, um, it worked out. Um, and then unfortunately, you know, her health and the cancer just, it had spread everywhere. Um, and her health, um, just really declined and we lost her in October. It happened to be the day, um, it, it was my husband's birthday is October, um, October 11th and she passed on the 10th. So, um, oh, it, was, goodness. it was a rough, it was a rough time. Um, and I was actually blessed enough to be there um, at when she took her last breath. And it was kind of an awesome thing. I mean, it's it's sad, but it was also pretty, I feel very privileged to be there when, when she did. And so anyhow, um, after that, it was a pretty stressful time for us. Obviously, we lost someone that was very dear to us. And um, I then kind of started having symptoms of um, just stomach wasn't doing so well, um, and not eating and, uh, just ir irregular bowel movements, things that weren't normal. You know, um, I've always been a very healthy person, a very, um, you know, I, I've always tried to take care of myself eating well, exercising. And so when that kind of started happening, I thought, oh, it must be stress. It must be, you know, it, it's got to be stress with everything that we had just, you know, endured in such a short period of time. And I kind of just put it in the back burner and, um, and just, you know, kept going, you know, kept living and, uh, you know, going about my days and, and um, it wasn't until I started having to kind of plan my day around my restroom schedule, which to me, I'm like, I can't believe I lasted as long as I did doing that without really recognizing like something is really wrong with me. What am I doing? Um, and so anyhow, I um, finally <laughs> decided that, okay, when I'm like coming home and I'm just ready to go to bed and I'm just lethargic, I'm pretty high energy as a person. So the fact that when, you know, I would come home from work, I was just exhausted. I wanted to just go to sleep. I loss of appetite. Um, I was losing weight. I just, I just couldn't understand what it was and I couldn't ignore it anymore. So I went to, I made a point with my general practitioner and, um, this would be the first time me seeing her. Cause like I said, I'm a pretty healthy person, never really went to the doctors. I kind of cured myself with my own remedies. And so, uh, seeing her, I explained the situation with my mother-in-law and just kind of the, everything I just went over with you. And she's like, sounds like you might need to see a psychologist, uh, maybe to get, you know, to get that kind of dealt with. And then, um, I would suggest 
you know, just drinking more water and uh, exercise. And that was kind of really it. And so I, being the person that I am, I was like, there's just no way. No, I'm going to, luckily my insurance allowed me to, I just went straight to the, um, a GI doctor and made an appointment um, because I just didn't like the answer that I got from my primary care. So going in, talking to my GI doctor, told her the situation. She immediate, immediately, thank God, scheduled me for a colonoscopy and endoscopy. Uh, and I went in, you know, three days later, uh, and when I came out, you know, my husband and I were sitting in the chair and she handed me an envelope and said, um, I have bad news. We found a, a mass in your rectum. And I was, you know, we were both just in shock. We couldn't, we just, I don't, I, I didn't even cry. I was just like, you're kidding me. Like this can't even be happening. And um, you could just tell it was very difficult for her to even deliver that news to me. And then, and I just said, well, is it cancer? You know, what is it? And she's like, it's more than likely cancer. We're sending it off for a biopsy, but we couldn't even advance the scope. And just based on what it looks like, you know, it's more than likely cancer. So I said, okay, so what do I have to do to fix this? And she's like, okay, I'll send you, let's, let's, I'll make an appointment. You'll, you'll go right across the street, get a CT scan and just go from there. Um, so she was very helpful in getting me my appointment with, you know, obviously the CT scan the same day of my colonoscopy. I had a, an appointment with my rectal surgeon the next day. Um, and he's actually the one that kind of delivered the news to me. He didn't give me the stage. He just said that there were lesions in my liver and possibly one in my lung. Um, and, um, and so anyhow, uh, I just, um, I, I don't know. We were just both in shock. We couldn't really believe it. And, um, with that being said, we, you know, I went to the rectal surgeon, he performed, or he performed an exam, remeasured where my, the, the tumor was. And from that point I went, the next day went to my oncologist and he was the one that delivered the news that I was stage four, uh, rectal, um, I had stage four rectal cancer. And from that day, that was when it was like go time. <laughs> and he had a pad of paper and wrote down exactly what we were going to do. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that's when my life pretty much changed and this was this was I, I was this was when I'm sorry this was when Cherie um this was in so April I'm sorry so April 23rd was the day I was diagnosed of 2015 okay then how old are you um I am 35 I was 34 when I was diagnosed and um I, I was 34 when I was diagnosed. I'm 35 now. And, um, and he, you know, he, my oncologist had asked if, uh, you know, if I had any, um, history of this disease in, in my family and there was none. I, I mean, we don't, there's not really any cancer, um, on my side of the family. So, um, it was just, it was, it was just a very, very, just obviously shocking. Right. Sure. And, um, 
<laughs> so anyhow, um, once kind of just going over that and trying to figure out like, okay, wh- where did this come from? What, what's this, what's the next step? What's, what do we do? Um, you know, the plan was radiation, chemotherapy. Um, I had six weeks of radiation, um, to my abdomen area and, um, in combination with, um, a 24 seven chemo pump that was attached to me for those, uh, six weeks of radiation. Uh, from that point, well, during that time I was also put on a liquid diet. So I was not allowed to eat any solid foods due to the fact that I had the, the mass in my rectum. And so you can just imagine one having, (laughs) being diagnosed with cancer and then, oh, by the way, you can't eat. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so, oh, and by the way, I'm going to go ahead and send you into radiation and give you chemo and you're going to be nauseated and this is not going to be good. <laughs> so uh, it was not a very fun time for me. Obviously, it's not fun for anyone, but it, it, oh, my gosh, I have to say that those were probably the hardest, worst time. Worst, that was the worst time of my life, the, the radiation and the chemo. And it probably wasn't until the third week of radiation that it really hit me. Um, that's when I was glued to the toilet. My, my restroom was my best friend. I did not leave the house for almost three months because of, you know, the, the effects of, of radiation, um, did not expect, I I guess I wasn't prepared for what radiation really does to you. And, you know, the thing with radiation, it's, it kind of sneaks up on you. You're like, oh, everything's fine. And then all of a, all of a sudden it just hits you. Um, so I lost about 40 pounds um, during that time. And I think the, the visual impact that it had on me was really frightening. Um, I'm like, I would tell my husband, I'm like, I look like I have cancer. And I would cry. I was just like, oh, my gosh. And, you know, uh, I also have a, a daughter that just watched her grandmother um, pass of, you know, or, or go through cancer and then and, and pass. So um, dealing with that was a was an, another issue on its own of how I was going to approach that with her, um, because that was a very sensitive subject. Um, and we both decided. I can imagine. How, how did you handle that with her? Um. We both decide, you know, we've always been very honest with my daughter. She's in, she, she's pretty smart, you know, and, and when her grandmother was going through, you know, chemo and losing her hair, we, you know, we both cut our hair together with her, with her, with her grandma. And, you know, we just explained kind of the same, you know, kind of the same concept, you know, mommy has cancer. Um, I'm going to go to the doctors. I'm going to get medicine and I'm going to, I might lose my hair, but I'm, you know, we're going to, we're going to do our best and, you know, mommy's going to fight and hope, you know, we're going to, we're going to get through this. And, you know, (laughs) unfortunately my daughter's pretty smart and she's, you know, her response was she was crying and she, uh, she's like, so you're going to go to heaven with Boya. And that's what she would call her grandmother is Boya. And she was crying and she's like, I don't want you to go to heaven. And, um, that was a rough, that was rough. Um, of course I'm, I told her I'm not going to heaven. It's not my time. I'm not ready. You know, you know, and we're, we're pretty religious and we believe in God. And so we talk about that and I'm like, 
God's not ready for me yet. He has a plan for me and I'm not, I'm not going to heaven yet. Mommy's going to stay here with you, but mommy is going to have to, you know, mommy's going to be sick for a while. So just understand that. And so we just talked to her and and she still, she still goes through periods where she, you know, she freaks out when she, when she sees me um, cut my hair shorter because I've kind of gone shorter, shorter, shorter because my hair is thinning. And she's like, I don't want you to be bald. So, you know, we're just kind of just addressing it as it comes up. Um, and uh, that's kind of that situation. That's that kind of side of the story, I guess. And um, uh, what else can I say well, about uh, the story? Well, <laughs> when, Karen, uh, yeah, when Karen reached out to me uh, to introduce you to me, uh, what she talked about was your your your, your spirit and your positive attitude. Uh, she said you recently spoke at, uh, one of the get your rear and gear 5k events. What was that like? Well, um, you know, we all go through different, we all handle, I, I think things differently and I've had a pretty challenging life. And I think because I've had a challenging life, it's made, it's made me strong, a very strong person, strong minded. And, um, you know, the, the first few weeks I was very emotionally depressed, but once I got a handle on, okay, this is the go, this is the plan. This is what we're going to do. And you're going to get past this and we're going to get through this. Once I got past that, I was like, I'm not going to let this disease kill me. There's no way like this. I've, I'm going to fight like there's no tomorrow. And, and because, and I have to also say, because I have the, I say the army of supporters that I have, it's really helped inspire me to continue to do that. Um, I have chosen to live my life. I, cancer has changed me and it, it is, it is depressing to know that I have cancer, but on the alternate side and what I always tell people is it's made me a new person. It's made me a better person. Um, it's made me, you know, just really listen, uh, you know, deeper and just love harder and forgive easier. It's, it's just given me a new perspective on life. And, and I don't just say that, like it's a quote that you post on your Facebook you know, blog, or I really do. Like, I, I truly take the time to kind of like take in, like, this could be my last day. I don't know. I have no control over this. And once you're really given an, an expiration date that you weren't really, I mean, we, we all have expiration dates, but when it's kind of thrown in your face and you're like, whoa, that can be, a, it might be a lot quicker than I anticipated. I feel like you then forget about all the material things and you, you embrace the things that are around you, the people that, that you love. And, 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 you know, I don't know. I just, I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to make an impact on people and I didn't want to simply just exist anymore. I wanted to have a purpose. And, um, and so with that being said, if it's my voice and me sharing my story and, you know, writing blogs, and being raw and authentic on my on my blog that help inspire people to bet to be better themselves with or without cancer then then this disease was that's been given to me wasn't given to me for nothing there's a reason you know and um i've never spoken before in public 
And so that when I was asked to do so um, last Saturday, I was a little nervous. But then I was just like, what do I have to be nervous about? I'm just going to talk and maybe I might say um too many times or <laughs> fumble here and there. But <laughs> you know what? My story is going to get out. And if I can just touch one person from this from the amount of people that were there, then, hey, it was worth it. And you know what? I did. I had quite a few people come up to me and talk to me and thank me for sharing my story. And, uh, and so that is why I try to keep this positive outlook on life. You know, I can't let this disease, this disease does not have me. I have cancer, but it doesn't have me. And, and that's what, how I've chosen to live. And, you know, after four months of going through chemo and everything, I, wanted to go back to work. And my, even my employer, my employer was like, what do you, why do you want to work? Like, don't you want to, you know, stay home and just, you know, embrace life and this and that. And I'm like, no, I need normalcy. Like this, I, I cannot just sit at home and twiddle my thumbs. I need to get back to living. I'm not, you know, I'm not dead. I'm alive and I'm going to live. And, uh, that's what I'm doing. Good for you. Good for you. I just, I just truly admire your ability to to take on that perspective, despite uh, despite all that you you faced, and and you know, hats off to you. That's that's pretty special. Thank you. Um, Thank you. What's been the biggest change in your life since your diagnosis, Shuri? Hmm, the biggest change. I, I, um, I guess I'm saying biggest change in how you. You said you're you're a new person. Um, it, 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 what what's been the biggest change in you? Just how I view things, you know, how I handle situations now. You know, I was pretty impatient. I was materialistic. I was, you know, I I think we all have a sense of entitlement in this in this life. Like we're born and we think that like. Hey, we should, you know, our life should be great and, you know, whatever. And, and I'm not going to say that I wasn't that person. I mean, I don't think I was a bad person. <laughs> I was, I was a very giving person, obviously. But, um, once I was diagnosed, it's so weird how, like, it's almost like a switch. It's almost, it's, it's the same thing I say when, when mothers give birth for the first time, there's like a switch that goes off and they just have this motherly instinct all of a sudden. It's almost kind of like that. It was like a switch went off and it was like, why am I letting these things bother me? Like, they don't bother me anymore. I mean, I can sit in traffic and go to work now and I'm like, I'm happy. I'm like, turn up the music, sing, blare it. Like, oh, I'm in traffic. But guess what? I'm alive and the sun's out. Maybe there's clouds in the sky. Maybe it's blue, whatever. At least I can see it and I can smell the air. I mean, I, I literally just embrace everything now that, you know, we tend to kind of take for granted. We, we, we take so much for granted as human beings, I think. And, and it wasn't until I was diagnosed that I'm like, wow, look at how beautiful, listen to the birds chirping, listen, you know, whatever it is, um, that I think has, that's really what has changed me and, and just having more patience for people and, and understanding and forgiving. That's huge. I think it's so hard for us to forgive people. And 
and I know I was, I would hold grudges, you know, for a long time and it, it's heavy. It's a weight that you carry around. And now I'm just like, ah, eh, forgive you. It's fine. No big deal. Like, <laughs> you know, you only live once, right? Sure. So let's keep living. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we all make mistakes. Let's move forward. Sure. Sure. Sheree, a uh, question I, I like to ask people uh, that I have the, the uh, honor and pleasure of speaking to is, uh, if, if someone were to listen to our conversation, this is the first time they've listened to the podcast. They just, they themselves, or perhaps somebody they care deeply about just received their diagnosis. And now here you are about, you know, eight months in, um, what advice would you share with that person? Um, what advice I would say that I think that we forget that cancer is not a death sentence anymore, so to speak. And, um, I, I, I would say, and that's the biggest thing that, um, that's the biggest thing that I, I think it, it's scary, right? You, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Like that's, that, I mean, that's what I thought. So I would, I would stress the fact that no, you're not going to die. Like, like don't think that way. Clear your mind, um, be positive. And I know that that's easier said than done, but it's important to surround yourself with people that are positive and, and, and supportive and, and I, I, I would suggest not hiding from the world, not, not hiding that you have cancer, um, share it, talk about it. Um, that has been my therapy. You know, this disease is not, you know, the most comfortable disease to talk about. Like nobody wants to hear that I have a tumor in my rectum. Like that's not an attractive thing to talk about, but it's real. And I've learned to have a my therapy is talking about it and writing about it. And I would suggest to anyone that was newly diagnosed to surround yourself with that type of energy, people that are embracing it and trying to do better and make a difference and, and use this as a, a positive tool, um, not a negative one. I think that's good. I think that's good advice. Well, Sherry, I really appreciate you spending time with me. Where can people, uh, first off, where can they find your blog? On Facebook, it's Cherie's Fight, C-H-E-R-E-S, uh, Fight, and uh, yeah, okay. find me there. I will share the link to that uh, on the Colon Cancer Podcast website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com so people can find okay. it and follow you in your That's journey and, and cheer you on. Um, and I really appreciate you spending time with me. I wish you, uh, just, you know, good luck, good health, uh, good luck tomorrow with your next treatment and, 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 and the subsequent treatments and, uh, uh just, a, a, a speedy recovery and let's have you, uh, join the list, uh, sooner rather than later, uh, of the NED, no evidence of disease club. Okay. I would love that. <laughs> Thank okay. you. Well, uh, count me on your on your list, a uh, fan club list of those that are cheering for you. Okay. I love it. Thank you so much for thank, having me. I appreciate you. it. Thank you so much, Cherie. You take care. All right. 
Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Notes from this episode can be found on our website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on our website, on iTunes, or on the Stitcher app for listeners using an Android device. If you or a loved one has a question about colon cancer, please visit the Colon Cancer Alliance website at www.ccalliance.org. Again, that's www.ccalliance.org. You can also email your questions to us at info at the colon Thanks again for listening. Be well, everyone.